United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Venezuela is, uh, there are some issues that are taking place, Colombia and Venezuela. Right now, there are problems in Venezuela, especially with the vulnerabilities of the COVID-19 crisis. They have threatened to neighboring Colombia, with whom it shares a rather lengthy border, 1,400 miles or so. Um, and there are also some questions about election viability. We've heard that issue before in some other places. I'm not sure where. Anyway, let's get the latest on this. Steve Heggie is with a senior expert at Columbia Peace Process at the United States Institute of Peace. He is tweeting at Steve Heggie, H-E-G-E. Steve, welcome back. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. Uh, update, the legislative elections in Venezuela. This seems to be clouded in controversy right now. Tell us about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's important to point out why were these uh, legislative elections uh, critical. You know, for the last two years or so, the current National Assembly has claimed that the 2018 presidential election results were not credible or valid. And so therefore, they asserted their um, their constitutional uh, right to exercise uh, claims on uh, executive authority. So they created an interim government, which was supported by more than 60 countries internationally. But it was largely that credibility and legitimacy was based upon their leadership of the current National Assembly. Now, the five-year term of that National Assembly was set to expire and will expire on January 5th of next year. So these elections were really critical to sort of create continuity of that claim as the National Assembly of true uh, executive authority in competition with um, the de facto president of Nicolás Maduro. Uh, There were some uh, political negotiations over the course of this year which tried to create better and fairer uh, uh, um, electoral conditions for these legislative elections. Unfortunately, those political negotiations broke down for a number of reasons, uh, including the fact that a uh, mercenary invasion uh, orchestrated by that same interim government uh, led by the National Assembly was uh, largely uh, failed uh, several months ago. There have been rifts between the the European Union and the United States about support for those political negotiations to help the opposition and the current National Assembly participate in these legislative elections. So, after those failed, uh, essentially the regime proceeded forward with conditions that were by no means fair or credible. Many of the main political parties of the opposition currently leading the National Assembly had their leadership hijacked. Uh, the National Electoral Council was unilaterally named by the regime. And so essentially this was a move to put that National uh, Assembly, the current one, and their claims on legitimacy internationally in some degree of limbo and, and, and undermine their legitimacy. And, and overall, the elections on, on, on Sunday were not necessarily fraudulent or rigged in the sense of that the outcomes uh, were, 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 were orchestrated or, or tank, tampered with. Uh, essentially, the conditions were not fair by any stretch of the imagination, and everyone really lost uh, around the board. The regime lost. They couldn't create a credible process. Um, there's large abstention. Seventy percent of the electorate did not vote. Um, the opposition parties that did cl- attempt to vote under great criticism, they only gained around 18 percent of the vote. And so therefore, their, 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 their uh, efforts to try to participate are, are, are further undermined. And the opposition, essentially that National Assembly, now has lost. This has been uh, kind of the culmination of these elections were representative of the culmination of the failure of their last two years of claiming this interim government status and executive authority. Uh, that's essentially come uh, to an end. 
so this opposition group, which I guess is the one associated with uh, Juan Guaido and uh, the current regime, if I can use the word, or at least the administration of President Nicolas Maduro, both, according to the Associated Press, are waiting to see what happens in Washington as President-elect Joe Biden takes office next month. While Biden has referred to Maduro as a dictator, he and aides have made few detailed statements about how they will approach the crisis in Venezuela. Is there a recommended course of action for the U.S., either under President Trump or President Biden and the incoming administration on what to do? I think any incoming or future administration uh, on the U.S. side certainly is going to have enormous uh, uh, influence uh, given the role that is played in supporting the current administration, uh, support of the the interim government, as you said, led by the current National Assembly, uh, President Juan Guaido. Um, There's likely going to be an effort to continue to recognize that current National Assembly as continuing to be the the legitimate leaders of the Venezuelan opposition. Right now, that opposition is is undertaking a, uh, a, a virtual electronic a consultation about their future. Um, that's going to culminate this Saturday in in a call for street protests. Their their goal is to at least try to get out the roughly five million uh, uh, Venezuelans who participated on Sunday in the elections. This shows at least some degree of parity. Although that's going to be tough. I think in general. Uh, Future U.S. administration is going to have to work with that opposition and and to generate within the Venezuelan people some degree of uh, belief in electoral politics, some degree of belief in the Venezuelan political class. Because that abstention, uh, Saudi president abstention from the Sunday was not only reflective of the lack of free and fair conditions for participation in the elections, it was also, I think, a general, uh, broad sort of uh, disillusionment with the ability of the Venezuelan political class to deliver on the things that are most most urgent for the Venezuelan people. And that's, those are essentially sort of survival mode uh, uh, concerns in the midst of the biggest, largest uh, humanitarian crisis and economic collapse in the history of the Western Hemisphere. And on top of that, as you mentioned at the outset, the COVID crisis and the public health concerns. So a new administration is going to have to deal with trying to generate new thinking. That's going to have to start, in our view, uh, from, from the perspective of the U.S. Institute of Peace, with a broader participation in mechanisms for uh, for political decision making, and that that means civil society, private sector leaders, religious leaders, unions. The potentially the opposition is going to have to take a back seat initially to those leaderships uh, as they try to create more conducive conditions for uh, inevitable political negotiations to uh, restart in some sort of national dialogue, which is beyond the institutions of the country right now. All the institutions will have been co opted or controlled by by the regime, as you said. Both uh, Venezuela and neighboring Colombia have been hit hard by coronavirus, correct? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, it's tough to say the extent to which the, the pandemic has hit Venezuela. The, the statistics are not necessarily as, as reliable, but certainly where I'm sitting here in, in Bogota, in Colombia, the country has been uh, one of the most affected uh, in, in the hemisphere. Um, certain some degree of public health uh, uh, cooperation between the two countries, given the mass migration uh, back and forth of Venezuelans. We've seen Venezuelan migrants in Colombia return to Venezuela at the outset of the, of the pandemic. And now many of those those uh, same migrants are, are, are coming back to Colombia. Uh, so it, it is a major challenge between the two countries in addition to significant insecurity uh, along that, uh, um, that really porous border that you mentioned at the outset. Stephen, as always, I appreciate you spending time with us on POTUS. Thanks so much for being here today. Great. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, Tim. 
Steve Heggie, senior expert at the Columbia Peace Process at the United States Institute of Peace. The challenges ahead for Venezuela and Colombia and what this incoming administration will have to face as they come into town and into power. He is tweeting at Steve Heggie, H-E-G-E. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.